Let's open the Word of God this morning to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. The word glory in the Bible is a noun and glorious is an adjective. And glory is also a verb. And while we have a glorious day outside, I hope that we can glory ourselves in the verb sense of that word by what we have in a relationship with our Father in heaven. The Bible warns us in Jeremiah chapter 9 that the world glories in about three things and it reduces all of life to three categories of riches and wisdom and strength. And it tells us that we shouldn't glory in those things, but we should glory in the fact that we know and understand God and how he operates in the universe. So it's a choice for us to glory. And the Lord knows that there are things that we glory in life, but they're all inferior to glorying in him. And we want today to check ourselves, uh, and that's why we come together, is to check ourselves and to drop those things that we're glorying in that are inferior and will not bless our lives or honor him. And we want to glory in him. And today, our theme is the love of God. And we should be glorying in the fact that the creator of the universe has chosen us to love us. And he loves us in ways that are stupendously, transcendently glorious. It's phenomenal the way he loves us. Unlike any other love, that no one loves you, no one will ever come close to loving you the way that God loves you. And it's permanent, and it's just wonderful in so many different ways as we want to see today. It's a glorious day. So there we have an adjective, it's a glorious day, describing the day, modifying the noun day. And glory is a thing that God has transcendently and infinitely above all other beings and creatures and things. But we want to glory by choosing to celebrate and rejoice and triumph in God himself and his love toward us. And I want to use this verse, and you've heard it many times from me. It's Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory. God forbid that I should glory in my professional attainments. I'm speaking for you. God forbid that I should glory in my spouse. God forbid that I should glory in my house. God forbid that I should glory in my education. God forbid that I should glory in my intellectual ability. God God forgive me for glory, trying to glory in any athletic accomplishments. God forbid. That's strong language. When it says God forbid in the Bible, what tempts you to glory outside of God himself? God forbid the thought. Whatever you might be thinking of glorying in, God forbid it. But God forbid, Paul is speaking about himself, that I should glory, save. There's only one thing I want to glory in, get excited about, triumph in, rejoice in, and that is Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the one thing we ought to glory in. No one else has or ever will give you anything of value because they love you in comparison to this one. 
This is God giving the gift of his well-beloved son. And he didn't send his son just to dote on you. He sent his son to die for you. It's, it's a drama, and it's an event, and it's a gift of love like no other. And so the apostle says, God forbid me from glorying in anything else, but God forbid that I should glory, save one thing, one thing, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. When I see the death of Jesus Christ and its value and meaning to me like I should, the rest of the world just pales into insignificance. So the world becomes crucified to Paul. And Paul died in obscurity as far as the world is concerned. He lost all of his educational attainments that he had worked toward. He had many things going in his life. He was on the fast track. Read about it in Philippians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Galatians chapter 1. He was on the fast track. He left the fast track to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he died in obscurity as far as the world is concerned. But he wasn't obscure for you or me. I mean, he was the mighty apostle of the Gentiles. But notice, God forbid that I should glory in anything but the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for me. And as I focus on that death, and as I commit myself to that death, and as I glory in that death for me, the world is crucified to me. The world just becomes dead nothingness to me, and I become dead nothingness to the world because... I am separated to the love of God and the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. That is the effect that it has on us. It changes the world's attitude toward us. It changes our attitude toward the world when we glory in the one thing that ought to excite our souls. Now, I know that on the way here, or living yesterday, or living Friday, everything was shouting something different at you, that there are other things for you to glory in. But this is the truth of God's word, and it's why we come together. God forbid any other thought of something exciting, wonderful, precious, valuable, dear to you compared to the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll change your life toward the world, and it'll change the world's treatment of you. But it's the word of God. There is nothing else to glory in. And let's glory in it today. It's a choice that as we sing about his love for us, that we'll glory in that, those words that we sing. And as we hear the word preached, and as we see verse after verse after verse after verse, highlighted and underlined about God's love for us, we'll glory in that love more than anything else. If you can learn this choice, then everything else in life will fall in its proper place, and you will maximize the utility of everything else in your life. If you put this first, if you try to put those other things first because you think they're dear, not only will God take them away from you or corrupt them, they will not satisfy your soul, and so you will be left a frustrated person. But if you will put this first, you can maximize the utility of life. You can maximize the pleasure of life. And that's that's one of our goals today. We want to honor God for loving us and first loving us, We want to honor him for sending his son for us, and we want to learn about his love so that we can respond to it properly.
God forbid, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I into the world. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we bless Thee and we thank Thee for the gift of Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We bless Thee and we thank Thee that You did not just send Him into this world to preach to us, but you sent him into this world to die the cruel death of the cross for us. We bless thee and we thank thee for raising him from the dead. We bless thee and we thank thee for setting him at thy own right hand to make intercession for us. We thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his glorious name that we come before thee. It's in his glorious name that we have assembled today to worship thee. We bless thee and we thank thee for thy son and his cross. We thank thee that it changes our view of the world and it changes the world's view of us. And we are content to die in obscurity in the eyes of this world if we can die in the Lord Jesus Christ. For us to live is Christ and to die is gain. Teach us these things this day. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless all your ambassadors, properly called, duly fit for the work of the ministry, that they will make manifestly plain the glorious gospel of your Son, that they will use great plainness of speech, and that they will be bold and that you will defend them and support them and give them eloquence and open their minds to the truth of the scriptures and open the scriptures that they might behold wondrous things in them and declare those things to their congregations and feed the souls that are before them this day. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would grant us a great portion of your Holy Spirit, your divine presence with us and in us, that as an assembly and as individuals, we will have the power of thyself in us to open our understanding to the things that we'll see, to open and increase and fan the flame of affections in our heart for thee and thy Son. Heavenly Father, without thee and thy Spirit, we can accomplish nothing today of any spiritual value, but with thy Spirit all things are possible. We pray that you'll open the word of God to us. I pray, Heavenly Father, for our children and our youth, that their eyes and their minds and their hearts might light upon some sweet promise there and some sure declaration of your love for them, that they will remember your love for them and they will live in light of that love and that they will love thee in return and that they will experience the increased and enhanced fellowship and love from thee and thy Son because of their loving obedience. O oh Lord, give us today the proper response to your love for us. Let it constrain us like it constrained our brother Paul. Heavenly Father, even Christians thought he was beside himself. Let men think that we're beside ourselves because we are so dedicated to thy cause. 
And we do have a cause, and it's the glory of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us first. We only love thee because you loved us first. And we thank thee that we know, because thou art the everlasting God, that you would love us last, no matter what happened to our love for thee. We thank thee for thy covenant of grace, in which we are safe forever, through the shed blood, the finished work, and the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank thee for America. Preserve her. We thank thee for our church. Preserve her. O Lord, now be with us and receive our sacrifices of praise made acceptable through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.